Good morning. Welcome to the Friendship Baptist Church here in downtown Aiken, South Carolina on another um, worship day, this being our virtual worship, uh, being the second Sunday in the month of March. Pray that you have your Bibles, and if you will, turn with me to the Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter number 10. I'm going to read verses 32 through 34. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 32 through 34. And the King James Version reads this way. And they were in the way going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus went before them. And they were amazed, and as they followed, they were afraid. And he took again the twelve and began to tell them what things should happen unto him, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes. And they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentile. And they shall mock him and shall scourge him and shall spit upon him and shall kill him. And the third day he shall rise again. The focus verse of this text it's 34, would be actually part E, the last part of 34. And the third day, he shall rise again. This morning, I want to use as a spiritual thought, a message this morning, a mission of victory. A mission of victory. Jesus, after calling his disciples, did not give them orders without first setting the example. You see, over and over throughout the New Testament, Jesus is pictured teaching. He taught his disciples on many occasions. He taught in the synagogue and often upset those leaders of the church. He taught the multitudes. On, on many occasions. He taught in each of the towns he visited, wherever he would show up and have the opportunity to teach, he, he did it. Which lets us know the importance of teaching in the church. You know, too often, we want to be a part of the church, but we desire no teaching. Um, the word is clear that we're to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman needeth not be ashamed, but one that is able to rightly divide the word of truth. And we get to that point when we participate in teaching and learning and growing in God's word. So when he calls his disciples, he didn't just call them and send them on their way. No, he spent time with them. He, he taught them on many occasions. In our sermon text today, Jesus uh, knew that the time was near. 
He knew that he would soon fulfill the will of his father. But in doing his father's will, Jesus knew that his disciples needed to know what was going to fully happen to him. If you read the entire Gospel of Mark, you will find that on two previous occasions, Jesus explained to the disciples what he must do. If you read Mark chapter 8, verse 31, the word reads, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. It's repeated again in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verse 30 through 31. And they de departed thence and passed through Galilee. And he would not that any man should know it. For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. Yes, Jesus had repeated this on more than one occasion. He was trying to prepare to disciples as to what's to come. In this sermon text, it's his third time reminding the disciples of his fate and the gospel of Mark. You see, church, when someone keeps telling you something over and over, don't always ignore them because it just might be very important. And I believe Jesus constantly wanted to remind them because I believe the disciples had not fully come to terms and grips or, or even grasped what was going to happen. I often wondered why Jesus had to tell them the same thing over and over again. And what I discovered is that the disciples just did not understand. But he wanted them to understand. He wanted them to believe. He wanted them to know what was going to happen. The disciples accepted Jesus as a Messiah. Uh, but what they were expecting was for Jesus to set up his kingdom right here on earth. Or when I think about some of the expectations that I believe the disciples expected. I, I believe they expected Jesus to be physically right there by their side always. Jesus was always there with them. Jesus was the one that called them. So he walked with them. He talked with them. He was always right there. I believe they expected his kingdom to be right here on earth even when he talked kingdom talk. Don't truly know that they really understood about eternity. They expected him to continue his miracle work and ministry right before their eyes. They expected his earthly ministry to never cease because as they walked with Christ, the target was not on them. The target was always on Christ. So the disciples basically, in plain terms, just had to sit back because Jesus, he would handle any and everything. They expected him to never leave them physically alone. Some may have 
been expecting, especially those that were listening to uh, his teachings, him to overthrow the Roman government and place the Jews uh, in power over all people. These expectations didn't line up with Jesus' faith. You see, as Jesus taught them, they slowly became conscious of the fact that Jesus' mission was not what they had anticipated. And I believe many of them were disappointed. Well, let's walk through the text. Not to hold you long. So we walk through the text. Notice in verse 32. And they were in the way going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus went before them. And they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. And he took again the twelve and began to tell them what things should happen unto him. You see, Jesus and his disciples are now traveling to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way. Going up to Jerusalem refers to the layout of the land uh, toward the city that sat on the highest point around. Anyone walking toward Jerusalem would go up in elevation in trying to reach that city. In other words, Jerusalem is that city that we often hear uh, set up on a hill. The text states that as they followed, they were afraid. The disciples were afraid because of what Jesus had spoken to them. Jesus spoke of facing persecution. Jesus informed them of his impending death, just as he had did twice before. Remember now, up to this point, the disciples had witnessed great success of Jesus' ministry. Uh, they witnessed the sick being made well. They witnessed the blind being made to see. They, they, they witnessed the lame being made to walk. They witnessed the dead being made to live again. Uh, they were witnesses to miracle after miracle. And now he is talking about he's going to Jerusalem to be delivered. The disciples could not understand why Jesus would be eager to go where he knew he would be greeted with death. Uh, when one truly thinks about it, even though we all know that we must die, I, I don't think any of us are in a hurry to get there. Hmm? So I believe the disciples were puzzled. Jesus, knowing that his disciples are now afraid, and did not understand, again, teaches them about the things that would happen to him. Verse 33 says, uh, saying, behold, we go up to Jerusalem, Jesus speaking, and the son of man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes. They shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles. Notice now, uh, Jesus says, we must go. He and his disciples must travel to Jerusalem. Uh, they're going to a place where they know Jesus is not welcome. And they possibly were afraid because not only was Jesus not welcome, I'm sure it may have crossed their mind that they would not be welcome. There's a possibility it may have crossed their mind if, they, if they're going to kill him, they might just kill us. Jesus declares that the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes. And I believe the disciples were puzzled at Jesus' teaching and trying to understand who would deliver him. 
and to whom he would be delivered to. Hmm? He says, the son of man shall be delivered. These church leaders that Jesus speaks of, he's talking about the chief priests who were the leaders of the Jerusalem church. And they were deeply rooted in Judaism and they had a beef with Jesus declaring and proclaiming to be the Messiah. The scribes, the writers and experts of the Old Testament, they, they all had a problem with the message that Jesus had been teaching and sharing as he went from town to town. Yes, these authoritarians of the law would be the judge and jury in finding fault in the teachings of Christ that would lead to his condemnation. Oh, they would deliver him to the Roman government because the Roman government are the Gentiles in whom Jesus refers to when he teaches the disciples. The chief priests and scribes did not have the authority to execute him. That's why they had to deliver him to the Roman government. Jesus is explaining all of this because nothing would take him by surprise. Yes, the disciples may have been surprised to hear again what Jesus had already told them twice before, but Jesus was not surprised about his fate. It is all a part of his mission of victory that was to come. Yes, Jesus wanted to calm the disciples' fears. Jesus knew uh, exactly what awaited him down to the smallest of details. And he describes that in verse 34. Notice verse 34, he says, And they shall mock him, and shall scourge him, and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him. And the third day he shall rise again. Here it is, Jesus describing down to a T everything that he was to endure. Can you imagine you walking into a situation where they're going to do the things that Jesus spells out that they're going to do to him? Who in their right mind would want to walk into the enemy's camp? But yes, Jesus told the disciples that he would be mocked. In other words, he would be treated with ridicule. He would be mimicked. He will be made to appear irrelevant. Yes, Jesus told them that he would be scourged. In other words, he would be whipped uh, to punish him with pain. Yes, Jesus told them that he would be spit on. Can you imagine human saliva would be spit on him to humiliate him before all men? And finally, Jesus told them that he would be killed. In other words, his life would be taken from him. However, after telling them all of the horrible things that awaited him, Jesus saved the best for last. Because he said right there in the end, I will rise again. And I believe when he said that, he was trying to tell the disciples, fellas, wipe away your tears. Get rid of your fears. Be not dismayed. Be not discouraged. Don't be worried about death because I will rise again. You see, victory was waiting for Jesus in Jerusalem at the cross. Victory over death. Victory 
over sin. Yes, victory was waiting for him. This mission that seems like a gruesome mission was really a mission of victory because he would rise again. Jesus did not need a permanent grave because he knew that death couldn't hold him in the grave. He only needed a temporary grave. And somebody ought to be glad this morning that Jesus is still alive because the Bible tells us that he was carried to Calvary's hill, uh, that he hung from an old rugged cross from the sixth until the ninth hour, stayed there all night Friday when he was buried in the tomb, stayed there all day Saturday, but early one great Sunday morning, he got up with all power and trusted in his hand. Yes, he was on a mission of victory, a mission that he was sent in the world to do for God the Father. Yes, the disciples really didn't truly understand about this mission of victory uh, because they couldn't uh, fathom the fact that Jesus, after doing all that he did, would just suddenly allow men to take him over, put him on a rugged cross, and kill him. But they failed to understand the great message was that victory would come over death. Victory would come over sin. You and I don't have to worry about dying anymore. We've got a physical death, but we can live on the other side, all because he rose again. Yes, there was victory in this mission that Jesus was sent on. The disciples couldn't grasp that. Jesus spelled out all the horrible things that would happen. But read verse 34 right at the end. He says, and I will rise again. In other words, it's going to be victory over everything that I told you that's going to happen to me. Because he did. He rose for your sin and mine. He was on a mission of victory. And that victory took place on an old rugged cross. It may have looked horrible. It may have looked like it was all over. But it was victory being won over death and sin. Yes, if you're listening this morning, he's paid the price that you and I can have the victory. That you and I can live a life knowing that we have victory in Jesus. All you have to do is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, believe that he, he did go to Jerusalem, that he did go through all that he proclaimed he would go through, and that he did rise again, as the scripture teaches, and you shall be saved. As always, we ask that you would connect to a Bible-teaching church where you can grow in your faith, that you can grow strongly in your walk with the Lord. If you desire to join us, uh, unite with us here at the Friendship Church in downtown Aiken. The number is 803-648-9290. But the greatest thing is for you to accept Christ right now. And then find a Bible teaching church in your area, wherever you are. Because you see, it's not about what church you're a member of. It's not about that. It's about dying, knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the most important thing. You can be a member of the smallest congregation in your community. You can, you can be a member of the largest congregation in your community. It doesn't matter. What matters is when you die, did you die knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Again, thank you for joining us.
here this morning on another virtual worship here at the Friendship Church. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the message. We thank you for the mission of victory uh, that is found in Jesus Christ. Now, Father God, as we depart from this place, but never from your presence, it's my prayer that you will continue to rest, rule, and abide henceforth with all of us forevermore. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.